Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizogart podcast where each week I'll be speaking to an artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Mizogart podcast. This week I'm taking you into the studio of Rugman. But before I do, there's a few little things I want to speak about. The first being Bill Daggs from last week's episode. His show, The Pestle Hit the Mortar, is up this week. It may even be today. It's on at White Post Lane, A9. But have a look on Bill Daggs' Instagram. It'll give you all the information there. A couple of weeks ago, Karen Ashton announced that there's a a winter art car boot fair this year called the Christmas Wrap. It's going to be at the workshops in Vauxhall on the 9th of December. I met up with Karen a few days before she announced it to record a podcast which is out next week where she's obviously going to tell you all about what's coming up on that day. But if you haven't already got tickets for that, I recommend you do if you're planning to go because those who have pre-ordered get in first. You can buy tickets on the door but they're not letting those people in until a certain time. So get your tickets early, otherwise you'll be standing in the cold. But anyway, back to the Rugman. I was introduced to Rugman in March by Dario down at Jealous. Ah, which reminds me, just let me give you another bit of news. This week, Dario has confirmed that he is going to be able to house the third face value show between April the 18th and 28th. So hats off to Dario once again. Thank you very much, my man. And I've got a list of artists that I'm hoping will appear. And I'm slowly working my way through those, contacting them, asking them if they'll be a part of Face Value Free. And I've already had a few confirmations. But again, back to Rugman. Rugman was a little bit tense for the first 10 minutes or so of this podcast. It can be quite intimidating when you've got the two little microphones of this recording equipment just pointing up towards you. But after a very short time, he was so much at ease 
that we both went off on a little tangent for about half an hour, forgot about the podcast altogether, and ended up talking about personal family stuff. We spent quite a lot of the time during this recording trying to sort of see what area we could push the rug man into, you know, what area defines him. And we sort of found out that it was none of them and, and all of them, really. In this episode, Rugman tells how he travelled down from Scotland on his own at quite an early age, worked in a few well-known fashion houses, then onto a t-shirt designer, which pushed him onto designing his own. How he had a pop-up shop in Carnaby Street, right up until the present day, where he's brought an idea to fruition that he's had for quite some time. Pretty much thanks to a 20-minute conversation he had with Heath Kane when they first met. But he talks more about that in this episode, which I'll let you find out for yourself. So come with me into the studio of Rugman. Yeah, that's alright. These are on now, so... Is it on now? Yeah, don't incriminate yourself anymore. Okay, okay. I'm in the studio of Rugman, and I'm going to go straight in with question one. How would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? Uh, Gosh. Because looking at your background, you you are either... A graphic designer, yeah. uh, a designer, yeah, uh, illustrator. Yes. Well, the, I mean, look, the, the bottom line that, like, I, I started off as a as a textile designer, essentially a, a, a commercial artist, yeah. per se. So you're you're designing graphics for t-shirts. So that what you, what you learn very quickly in that game is that, like it has to work, you know. So you're going to the masses. Yeah. Uh, you're taking. And I mean, who was that for? Uh, would, uh, initially, I started off with a textile company on Hoxton Square, and they were they were. I wasn't like, back home in Scotland. No, 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 no. So, uh, so I came here what twenty three years ago went to go to art college. Yeah. Um, to do textiles actually, but I, I came from a graphics background, so I always thought I would eventually go into some sort of graphics within the fashion yeah. world. Um, essentially. I'm an illustrator that uh, that had to work within that sort of like commercial to have that sort of commercial value yeah. to 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 be able to like relate those quick designs on a graphic T-shirt. Um, so it enabled me to be like as you say an illustrator. It's it's more about my my, my work tends to be taking not taking yourself so seriously mm. per se. Like it's more a bit fun. Uh, this like the visual element of a, they used to call it a conversational piece. So if you've got like a, like a funny graphic on a t-shirt, people will talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah. So essentially, that's you sort of piercing through that that person gets it straight away. So it's it's uh, definitely like the illustration background helped me move into this art world and the sense of kind of putting a sort of monetary value on yeah. it, like being able to. Being able to um, sell your your prints with a connection to the, the sort of general public, and that was always for someone else, was it? It was it, at that time. I mean, I, I left college two thousand and was very lucky to get a job uh, with a textile company who was basically selling their work in New York mm. mainly, um, but like for people at like Donna Karan. So it was it, it tended to be quite sort of florally. Yeah. Based yeah, sort yeah. of stuff, 
Um, but then, uh, they, like, I mean, they were they started doing a, a more. Now, would that have been your de- your designs, or would you have been given a remit to yeah, well, design they, they, within? Yeah, they gave you a brief, and you had to work in two week blocks, uh, and then the salesperson would take them to New York or wherever yeah. and try and get that into the mainstream. <clears throat> so, essentially, you were you were selling stuff to like Calvin Klein, but they would just give you a one off payment, but then they could be using it across the board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are real basic sort of text. That's how textiles start. Um, that, that that textile company done really well actually. Um, but then then from there, uh, I moved on to work for a, a really small t-shirt company called Rude Rude London. That's where I learned a lot about illustration and how you can sort of like uh, again use use this sort of like fun element uh, to bring it into the sort mm. of mainstream. Um, but yeah, that's. Illustrations definitely where I'm. So you went from working for those. When did you launch your own brand? Ah, right, okay. Which was Rum, Rum, Rum Knuckles. Knuckles. Yeah. Um, Which before you answer been? that question, where did Rum Knuckles' name come from? So Rum Knuckles is uh, my great uncle. Was nice. uh, he was in the army? So uh, it's like it went hand in hand. He he was actually a bare knuckle fighter. Quite tasty with his hands. So like generally. I mean, he, he, when I say he liked to drink, he did like a drink, but he never went overboard, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but generally, a good guy, uh, tattoos, a real gentleman, but... Was that his nickname? Yeah, well, it, 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 it kind of, like, came from that, that, putting two and two together, like, uh, like he did like a run, like to fight, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. went. And, uh, like, my, I only, I mean, a lot of the stuff I hear is through my dad, so uh, he'll tell me, like, travellers used to come through like my town and he used to just chap in his door and ask him for a fight <laughs> and he wore glasses and my dad always says like uh, when when you saw him taking his glasses off and putting them in the top pocket to go, yeah. he was going to smash your face wow. <laughs> so that that was I, I tended to like, I always had the, like the idea of using that name and and basically I was still I was working for a, a t-shirt company called Amplified at the time I'd kind of like you know you come to that point where you realise that you're basically getting in each day, you're creating graphics, you know they're going to be selling it, they're giving you a wage. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what, I'm going to actually try and go alone here. I was lucky, my, my missus basically said, go for it, try it. So I think that was about 2010 or 11. Um, so, so, you've been doing, so you had been doing it for, for several years. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I've, I, that's, I, I, my, my day job. Whilst um, I had a like a studio in Hackney Wick where I would go at night time and paint, so I was I was generally I had a day job as a graphic designer, yeah, and was going up to my studio at night time painting. I launched it actually while I was still working, um, and the website went really well. Actually, it went started off really really well, um, and left my job probably within about six months of launching that, and then two years into it, it kind of flatlined and. The arse fell out of it. Um, really? But uh, well, it didn't really fully fall out of it. Like, um, what happened was my business partner and I sort of split up and I maintained the name. I've got the trademark, the copyright, uh, and kept it going. It's still going, actually, to this day. So well, When was it that you'd done the Beardy Man? Beardy Man, God. Because I see that in my head, I see that as being quite recently. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, Beardy Man actually is my, like, it's a sort of trademark Look, logo for my, for my uh, you, had a, you had the one with Tom Hardy yeah. wearing it 
Yeah, so I'd done that probably... That, that was about as perfect... Uh... Oh, yeah, totally. Tom's a good guy. Like, I mean, like he wore that, especially the last time he wore it, it was at uh, Comic-Con. The first big one was when um, he'd done The Revenant. When was that? It was about two years ago, wasn't it? Mm. And then straight away in the Metro, uh, all like, it was like, in The Guardian everywhere, he was standing next to Leonardo DiCaprio with my T-shirt on. Nice. So that was perfect for me. Yeah. That was excellent. But when did you start showing them as artworks? God. So, like, going back to... No, no, no. Um, Going back to a conversation earlier, like, I think the biggest thing for any artist, right, is actually putting the work out there for people to see. Mm. So I'd done my first solo show in Hoxton Square, probably in 2005. Totally shit myself, you know. Like, I'd been been working on this body of work for about two years. And um, my missus eventually just was like... Do you want to give it a go? Do you want to see? Like, do you want to hang it somewhere? Mm-hmm. So I put it in the Hoxton Bar and Grill, very small sort of like little gathering of people, and I sold a couple of pieces, and that was it. It was just like wow, it was a good buzz. Yeah. Um, but then I'd realised that like it was a bit sort of like the, the the punk style is kind of like don't wait for the galleries to come to you. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the only way I was really ever going to make it at all was through sort of persistence. And this is, in fact, this is before. I went on Facebook, so it it made me realise that I had to push the prints for me to make any sort of living from that, and yeah. then and then like, it kind of came hand in hand. I mean, there was certain like Jealous, for example, have been brilliant with me, like really really good, supporting me for years actually, and and that came about through uh, Jealous. Need, is it Jealous Need You? And uh, that was the sort of big break in terms of. Taking my, my work out, I mean, obviously, you know what they guys are like with prints, they're yeah, amazing. Yeah. So they, they started producing my prints, uh, and that was like my website sort of fed off the back of that, really. I've been selling my own work probably for about the last eight years, nine years, probably. So, when was your first interest in art? Well, definitely, there's two, two sides to that, actually. I remember my brother gave me, uh, which actually a lot of artists talk about, is um, spray can art. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like it was, it gave me it from a Christmas one year because he had a copy, and uh, I was always leafing through it. So he bought me a copy of that. Like looking at that, basically made me think, right, cool, you can that that's art, mm. that's outside of the gallery. I relate to that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that that was my first sort of like right. I understand that. I get that. Um, but also like sort of parallel to that, I was a massive fan of like Andy Warhol, pop art. Yeah. And again, that's my style is very much the sort of like from that background of very graphics mm. based. But it was it was more so I understood it. But also actually at the same time, I was massively into a guy called Klaus Oldenburg. Klaus Oldenburg, yeah. Which is Sorry. a bit bizarre because it like I mean uh, like I just always remember seeing he done a massive sort of like beanbag type burger. Yeah, and drums. And... Yeah, just all this, and it it really I was like, wow, that looked fun, you know, like that. And that was where, talking about like art galleries being stuffy, I looked at that and I thought, wow, I also get that because there's a fun element. Mm. It looks like he's he's also, like obviously there's a message behind it, but it doesn't seem to be too he's serious. He's just taking everything out of context and giving it a new meaning. Yes. So he'd make things bigger, or if exactly. they was hard, he'd make them soft, yes. or vice versa. But it, like, also, the, into the barley, you've got Jeff Coons as mm. well, which, again, just... I think it was more about me as a... Because I'd always been taught that like art had to be like the masters, you mm. know, and like oil paints, and and it didn't really. I'd, I still understood that, but it didn't really relate to the way yeah. I wanted yeah. to like 
put my work out there. Um, so that, like, I mean, definitely that that would have been about six, seven, eight, eight years old mm. when I when I first got this sort of pop art book. That would have been probably a bit around the same time as the uh, the spray can art book as well. And really, that that definitely sort of spun me on to do more drawing, like like the way I wanted to as well. So like graphic style. What a- this next question is, we've already sort of half covered this, is when, when did you realise you wanted to be an artist? So uh, when did you stop seeing yourself as a textile designer yeah. and start looking at yourself as an artist stroke illustrator? Right. It took me ages, actually, if I'm quite honest with you. It took yeah. me absolutely ages to, you know, like... It's, you I think feel it's, conscious about it, it now, like, you, you know what it is? I think you'll relate to this as well. See, see being a, like, from a working-class background... Yeah. If someone asked you at a party or whatever, like, what do you do? I could never have the confidence to say I'm an artist. Yeah. And that is, it's only, like, very recently, like, right up to, like, 2016, when I had a show in the Saatchi. Not, not to say that, like, that's... You made it, but I just thought, right, cool. I'm going to tell people that I'm... Like, yeah. an illustrator, an artist. Um, but before that... When you say illustrator, because we're working class, illustrator sounds like a job. Yes, exactly. Art sounds like a, would it, like like a hobby. Would it, like, you've, just hit the, you've hit the nail on the head because I, I believe you have to be paying the bills with what you do mm. in terms of like, uh, like being an illustrator, I can pay the bills, you know? Yeah. And, and also, it's only in the last three, four years that I can pay the bills from being an artist. Yeah. So that, that gives you the confidence to, yeah. to say that. But like, to answer your question, like, I mean, years that like, I grew up desperately wanting to be a footballer mm. like being from like the west coast of Glasgow massive Celtic fan wanted to be a, like, a, a footballer basically um, and but, but again parallel to that I'd always drawn always that was only I was, I'm dyslexic so like, that, that made me feel a bit stronger like doing yeah. creative stuff like the art was always a big big sort of plus in my life but then I, I, I get injured probably about 14, 15 and I uh, decided to go back to college to do to do art, and that's when I done graphic design. Mm. Um, and then I came to London probably a bit when I was seventeen. I don't know if that answers the question in terms of. I I, I think I believe that w- within me when when I was eight or nine, I, I I saw a thing for graphic design, and I knew I could pay the, again. Yeah, I knew I could yeah. pay the bills. I knew it wasn't quite an artist. Well, that's what holds a lot of working class people back is we just see exactly. the way of making a living well it was always the, yeah I mean it was never some it was never really a choice I could never go away and be sort of like living off money and being bohemian and stuff because mm. I just didn't have that background yeah. but at the same time I went to I still went to art school which was a big mom and dad yeah. were a bit like you sure but you know, like it was a big jump, but it was a it was something that I actually believed in. And coming to London as well, that just opened up my whole the, the world opened up for me yeah. in terms of chance and like opportunity as well. I mean, the first ones I saw of yours, it was the icons. Yeah, Bowie, the Queen, Madonna, and Audrey. Was that the that portrait was, ones or the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that was... I saw them as a group of four first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had solid... I don't know what you'd call them, like solid halos. Yeah, golden halos. that's it. And it wasn't until I looked into your, your previous work I saw that you had a generation was before yeah. that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Where did the icons come from? Because they're, they're, they're just... For anyone who hasn't seen them, it is a, 
linear portrait with a gold leaf halo. I presume it was gold leaf. Yes. Um, and they're just heavily tattooed with linear sailor type yeah. prisons. Yeah, well, like classics, like, no like old school. No eyes because. Uh, well, we had an eye. He did have an eye, but like I usually always use the eye as a central piece, so mm. it's always the old scene. He, he had. So he had a closed eye. eye that yeah, and, was, and the central. I think in terms of see that where that whole thing started from, right? I was looking at um, positive and negative space. Mm. So what I would do is like basically have an outline of someone's head. Obviously, there's certain heads that you would recognise straight away. So mm. I wanted to try and strip back as much of their face as possible, yeah, yeah. and almost deface it. Um, with s- certain symbols that made sense within that space. Um, but there is an old saying, isn't there, that that you've reached a height of fame if you can be recognised exactly. by your silhouette. Exactly. I don't know what the saying is, but well, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, and that was that was partly to do with mm. it as well because it, I think again, referring back to the sort of commercial element, like I always like people to get my work straight away, and people like when they see an icon. But giving them that option of like, do they actually know who it is? Yeah, yeah. Was, was where that that whole body of work started, and actually, I done that was event that that was the one that actually I done for the Jealous Nature. Oh, show. was it? Oh, yeah, it was the, it was the Marlon Monroe print, and um, what we had looked at was uh, sort of like using literally the the linear outline of her hair, which is straight away is amazing. Mm. It's just like everyone yeah, gets it, yeah. um, and just decorating it almost with. Again, another thing that that people get straight away is the the old school tattoos, mm. which which kind of made sense more in my, my sort of rum knuckles background yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was the very first one that I'd done actually, and and that was without a halo. But then looking if you're if, like to look at where the halo actually comes from, I'll probably refer back to being brought up Catholic. Being like taken to mass every week. Yeah, it's what I see the Catholic paintings yeah. where they've all got the the, the, the the classic icon, sort of like uh, the the halo behind there with the gold yeah. leaf. Because I don't know whether, the, whether this is true or not, but the story that I heard, it wasn't as much as they are a halo around the um, portrait. Right. It's more the fact that they've put a plain background to enhance the face. Oh, right, I don't okay. know whether that's true or not, or whether it is actually a halo. Well, none of the halos are over the head, are they? No, that's true. Well, actually, that, no, but uh, what you just said there works because it, as soon as I'd done it, the very first time I'd done it, I was like, wow. Because it could be, you could double it up as like a sun or the moon yeah, or whatever, yeah. but it does it really work. On what, on what your eye sees, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? exactly. But I think it's more the central figure. Like most of my work, if you look at it, especially the sort of like uh, the, um, the portraits. I like to keep things not not symmetrical, but like they're always central. You know, there's always a central element mm. coming through there, and that I think that's also where the the, the eyes. For example, you're we talking about the Bowie piece. For some reason, it felt right just to show that closed eye, but the, the central eye, the all seeing eye, is still in the centre. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, I, I think that it took like, it took years to understand it. I think that was a sort of like religious. What year was it? Do you know what, they, what year that oh was? Uh, I'm sure it was two, two, three, four years oh, ago. Oh, it's longer than that. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about the actual... In fact, so the first Marlon Monroe piece would have been 2010. Oh, no, it was... It was the, These ones that I saw, you would, I'm sure you just brought them out. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's still... It's still a body of work that... Lips. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's still, like... 
again, there's some that I've revisited yeah. and recolors. When I looked, when I looked back at them, when I looked at, at your work, I saw that you had done some. Yeah. Excuse me, six months a year before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, the, the newest ones. In fact, I've just done a new series as well. So that I would say the M ones you're talking about probably about three years ago. Mm. It feel it feels shameful saying it, but like in terms of that sort of side of my work, that that vein of work definitely pays the bills. Did your sales increase when Bowie died? Yeah, I mean, actually, on that point, it was uh, it was crazy actually because it was it was a good time for me in terms of I was doing my show at the Saatchi, which was in January twenty sixteen. Mm. So that the print that I'd done actually for Saatchi like sold out literally overnight. I felt, yeah. I felt terrible, but it was, now, I mean, it was like unbelievable. Well, it was, a lot it was, of people have said, in, well, I've listened to podcasts and radio shows. Anyone that had anything to do with that, and a few people went that yeah. time. Um, and their sales went up. Everyone was feeling guilty about yeah. earning out of his debt. Well, do you know, um, there is that, and also, because <laughs> I tended, like, as I say, that's the very sort of commercial element of my work, but, like, uh, my mates were calling me the White Widow at one point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd literally had drawn, um, uh, what do you call him, uh, um, Prince, yeah. about two weeks before wow. he died. And they're like, fucking hell, mate. <laughs> Don't go drawing me. I'll give you a list of people you can draw from. <laughs> and that, that obviously was 2016. I mean, that was like the year where everyone yeah. would seem to be fucking dropping dead. Yeah. Man, it was terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit and deny it. I mean, there is the, the element where that, that is definitely a sort of like profitable part yeah. of my, my artwork. Well, I don't know what you call them, but the sexy Disney. The pinups. Most of the time they were sort of like uh, porno poses yeah. that I would like obviously have like Snow so White a or... A topless woman. Yeah. Um, rarely bottomless. If it was, it'd only be from... Oh yeah, it was, it, it was tastefully done in that. that they and they like... were tattooed heavily yeah. or ginger. Yeah, yeah. Was it, and it would be a Barbie head or a... a um, Snow White head. or... Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was generally my sort of take on the 50s mm. pinup. Um, but that and still actually, icons as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like to have that sort of juxtaposed next to like, a sexy tattooed, and that I mean that like obviously that became very mainstream. But mm. at the time when I done that, that actually relates back to Rum Knuckles as well. That was one of the very first graphics I done for the for the company. Yeah, and like the t-shirt sold out in like two days. It was nice. like unbelievable. So that I mean that again is a great example of. People looking at something, getting it. Yeah. That was actually, again, also referring back to that, that was the first ever print I sold off my website. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, and again, it sold out. So it and what was... did you did you do them, or do you do them in editions? Do them in editions. They, they were very small editions. I think they were like... I think they came in editions of 15 or 16. Mm. It was just how much ink I had and like, uh, at the time and, <laughs> and how much time I had in the, the print studio. Yeah. So I just got as many done as possible. Um, but yeah... The ladybirds with the um, uh-huh. Native American yes. headdress. Yes, these these went. These were quite different. Very. You actually. So that was the that was a sort of carry on of the, the, the piece behind you is um, from my jealous show last year, two years ago. But yeah, like that that actual body of work is less commercial. Yeah. Let's just say, like that's that's a They're bit very different. Very different. Very different. Um, they're completely. I mean, they, they felt like I don't mean to be rude, but they felt like they had a bit more substance. 
as an artwork. A bit more serious. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, no, like, because it, like, therefore, that takes you away like from... It's saying something, not yeah. just telling something, Well, it was, because you know? um, uh, if you then leave the sort of, like, uh, the, the less serious stuff, mm. per se, the, the more commercial, um, conversational pieces, which are, like, the icons and the, um, the sexy Disney... It was weird. It was almost like me going back to my studio, like right in the very beginning. And this was a, a body of work that I was working on within my studio that no one else had seen. Yeah. And I actually put a piece up on Instagram. Uh, what would that have been? 2015. And and Paul um, Foster from the Satchi yeah, Gallery, yeah. who was selling the, who was selling um, the icons work at that time, they approached me and said, like, have you got any more of this stuff? This work, this I like this work, and um, and I said, yeah, I've got loads because I like, I'd just been working on it constantly, but never shown anyone. Um, and they basically set me up with a solo show uh, in January twenty sixteen. Yeah, because again, that was it was it was more serious to the eye. They had different types of American headdress. Yes, um, and they also had like um, you'd see with the Amazonian Indians when they have. Facial tattoos. They, yes. they did have um, blocks well, of colour on their face. They had blocks of colour, but also if you if you look back at them, there, there's um, there's certain elements of uh, the Vikings in there. That, that basically, what I was trying to do was look at uh, symbolism. The the big thing for me actually, and I found out while doing this was, you know, when you tell someone like you're you're staving something off. Mm. So it was like the Nordics would yeah, would carry yeah, a stave, yeah. and it would be a it'd be a little bit of parchment paper. Or tattooed on them, and they would use that and literally like to ward away the, the devil and yeah. different bad spirits. So that like that's where the it was also around the time when my wife was pregnant. So like obviously it's yeah, all like female yeah. form done in a, mu- a much more tasteful way than mm. the, the the sexy Disney. And it was it was I don't know it it came naturally again at that time, but it was almost like um I was my second daughter at that time being born. It was just like it was it was more about my connection with. The f- like female, like uh, like like the support of my wife being pregnant. Yeah. I don't know. It all, yeah. all kind of came together, and again, it well, was. You could, as I say, I think the word to use is they had a bit more meaning. Yes, than... I mean, I, I do. Like, I do tell people like the fact is like there's two veins in my work, and I, I'm not. I, I would never sit here and deny that. It's like there's one side that feeds off the other. Like you know, like I've got kids need to pay the bills, so like you, you have to, you I have don't to somehow. Think it has to be justified. No, no, no. I, I, but I, I think in, in you, you have to support that that other work as well. Yeah. I mean, it's something that goes parallel again because it does. It's natural. Mm. Um, but that show at Saatchi was good, even though I pursue that work, the the ladybird work. Um, it tends to get too serious, and sometimes I sort of stop myself, and I'm like, whoa, I'm getting too deep here, you know. And I bring myself back by drawing now, what's Snow that, White with her legs on. <laughs> what's pulling you back? Is it the pound note that's pulling you back, or is it your past? That's it's, I think it's my past. Yeah. Because it's, is, is it something in your head going? Don't get too above yourself. Don't yeah? get too above yourself. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that, I was doing that for years, and that is really a bad. Thing. Yeah. I think as an artist, right, I've grown over the last ten years, but there is nothing better than. People buying your work, yeah. People appreciate your work, obviously, but like being able to put something up and people like it that much that they want to buy it. Mm. Then there's a certain thing in you, you go, I like that. There's a formula to that as well where I can I can key into that. For example, 
like there, there is a a market for the ladybirds, but it's slightly it's smaller. Yeah, you know, um, so it. But are they willing to pay more for that? They are willing to pay more for so it. Really, yeah, I'll take it back to the t-shirt thing, right? Because the t-shirts spread the word of of my work per se. Mm-hmm. Like people walking down the street seeing that it's like a travelling piece of artwork. And it and it kind of grew my, my my commercial work. Yeah. Um, for me to carry on pursuing this sort of like ladybird type vein of work is is going to be a bit slower. Yeah. It's like it's like my old mate said. It's like it's like a marathon instead of a sprint. Yeah. So I I can carry on with that sprinting and making money while I'm doing that marathon as mm. well. So I, it's not it's something that I'm going to carry on until the day I die. You know, like yeah. I've got, I've got many pieces of art upstairs that no one's ever seen in the yeah. sketchbook that I plan on on doing. I mean, I've done that, like, the second part of that series actually was done in Jealous two years ago. So, yeah. Well, the way you've, your career has taken you is sort of like the opposite way to an artist we was talking about earlier, David Bray. He started to do yeah, T-shirts now. But I mean, see, when I think of David, David's obviously a complete master with a pen and pencil. You know, like, he just, he is a master, man. Yeah. I love David's stuff. Um, the... I would say that um, even when I was at college, I don't think David's much older than me, but like I remember what, looking at David's stuff and it did sort of like wow, that really inspired me. And he's he's, he's the way he uses, um, especially in the new paintings, his, his colour. Yeah, is just phenomenal, man. It's brilliant. I mean, there was one. I mean, I know he'd done a lot of sunsets, and and it was just like just the sun through the through the mist. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. You could just sit and look at it. Like, no, no, no. no like, listen, work, David, uh, I love David's workman. Jesus Bowie, and later to become, uh, there was a Jesus Elvis. Yes, well. Elvis Jesus. I know they're quite recent. Yeah, yeah. When did you decide to put those together? The way I looked at it, right, religion, in terms of many people have got their own, uh, I don't know, their own icons, their mm. own people they look up to. So, like, you know, you don't need to be... Sort of Catholic and go and pray to God. No, like there, there, there is, like people religiously follow David Bowie. Mm. People religiously follow Elvis, and and I just thought like I would much rather create their icon and and what they're into, mm. and still giving it that because it like that like giving it that sort of higher being sort of like quality mm. with. Do you still follow Catholicism? No, not, my mom and dad are very religious, are but I'm I'm nothing. I don't follow any religion, mm. but um, I definitely believe think, there is some you sort of higher. Your work, would you? Having yeah, but just icons. And... Well, like, funnily enough, I was talking to a friend a couple of months back, and they said maybe this is like your backlash. And when my brother was old enough, I used to stand up the back smoking cigarettes, and instead of getting in, you know, like you would, like. But how uh, smoke? <laughs> smoke. But in some sort of way, maybe it is a. a a backlash against that being sort of dragged up Catholic through the years and being made to go to mass every morning during Lent, for example. Mm. Jesus, man, I hated it. So now we've spoke. Oh, we haven't spoke about too much about. The, is it Bowie Jesus or Jesus Bowie? It's uh, actually that. That's called higher being. Oh, I apologise. No, but that's fine. It's. I mean, to take it literally, it is Jesus Bowie. And again, it is like. It was more so looking at... I mean, obviously, you've seen when, when he died. I mean, people were in bits, mm. man. You know, like it was like, like Jesus dying. I can imagine I can imagine going back 2,000-odd years and and you, you could see that it just broken people. Yeah. So, like, to have to have that sort of, like, um, that picture 
in your mind of him being Jesus, I mm. thought was like it it's made just, sense. It's quite an odd concept that someone we don't know has died. Yeah, and you mourn their loss like you would a family exactly. member. Exactly, exactly. Some even more so than a family member. Well, I mean, but that then takes it back to the the re- like religious thing. Mm. You're basically indoctrinated into yeah. like you must believe this. You mm. must, whereas people have grown up listening to Bowie, he's become a big part of maybe it's like a decade of their life. Whereas loads of changes happened. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't mean that. Sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> and um, no, no, so so therefore they <laughs> so they they kind of they relate to him. They he he's been there through thick and thin. You know, he's he's been like a, a god to them. Because so. those portraits were more detailed as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, most of my pencil drawings um, are like that. You know, it, it it actually again maybe was a bit of confidence in terms of actually showing them because they're, they're never. In fact, going back to David Bray, I mean, David's like so skillful. You you can see that there's a, a certain technique is in there, you know. And, mm. and I'd always, I still like obviously use pencil and, and paper constantly, but it was that they're not like lifelike. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. still a there's still a, a, a certain caricatureness mm. about them and uh, it was a bit having and I, I thought well ju- just having that figure there with I like to decorate things and obviously with the tattoo element and symbols um, so you know, you're comfortable to... with advancing the icon images making them more detailed and taking them in a different direction well that is I felt safer with them in terms of actual the connection people got it straight away whereas Again, going back to the T-shirt thing, I think there was a certain amount of like the, the caricatureness of that, and the, the, the sort of there is a little bit of like fun element in it. You know, yeah. like you're putting yeah. you're, you're taking David Bowie. It's obviously not his body. That's the way I've drawn mm. that. You know, yeah. so you're taking him into a different. Uh, he's in a different uh, sort of makeup mm. in terms of like it's like John Lennon would have done him giving the peace sign again. It's very like, a, like almost like a caricature of him. Yeah. But he's given a peace sign and a denim jacket with loads of different badges on it. That's me putting him in a, like a different environment. So I feel, I feel confident now, being able to pursue that. So I almost see that as an like it's, it's a, it's a follow on from the the icons work. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The fourth question of my seven, which piece have you created that you hold most dear? Can I choose two? You can choose where you like. I'll, I'll choose two because, like, I think, first of all, the Bowie was definitely a sort of breakthrough 
and a lot of people will say, well, it's Bowie, you're going to sell it anyway. I think it was more about my confidence it built more than than it being a recognisable yeah. sort of like icon. And so that that definitely filled me so with a bit of confidence. Enough. I would say that's more on a, a sort of personal point of view in terms of again talking about the confidence thing, like being able to be confident enough. Go, wow, that print sold out pretty quickly. Mm. Obviously, off the back of he died yeah, yeah but it's still it, it, like sim- symbolic for me to go wow and Saatchi but then in the sort of flip side of that the ladybirds for me is a very special sort of vein of work because it was it was like for someone to go out of the way see it on Instagram and it just so happened to be Paul from Saatchi and go I like that have yeah. you get any more that, that was just like wow right cool and not only that you get a, a whole solo show from it do you reckon um, that's because your expectation to end result was a bigger void with your ladybirds than what it was with Bowie? Yeah. yeah as I say, I can't deny it. It's, a, it's an icon. People mm. get it. You know, like there's a very good chance that people are going to get that. They'll understand it. Whereas that, that sort of line of work, there will be a smaller amount of people that will get it and, and, and also like it, for that matter. So, the, yeah, there is that. There is that. Uh, the, the margin between failure... Was, was bigger yeah, and still is actually because you know like uh, if you were to do a, a whole show of icons and a whole show of ladybirds you, you, you know what wants yeah. me to sell it oh, first you know so it's more about having the confidence to pursue that which I w- I've not been sort of put off by by that at all mm. so yeah where do you go for inspiration or where do you find your inspiration where do I find my inspiration if you're talking about like this at a classical point of view, like I would actually go to an exhibition or go to like the mm. Tate Modern just to like I could be going to say like a Rothko, it would be nowhere near my work, yeah. but it just kind of like gets me inspired it's to work. Flowing, yeah. I mean, it, like, but also I look back at like the early days of of walking to work, uh, so like 1999, 2000, and you would be walking to work. That's just when I lived in Shoreditch. And you would see a new a new fail piece, yeah, or like there's yeah, Shepherd Fairy, yeah. and that would inspire you just purely because this is this is wicked. I'm actually walking to work and I'm mm. getting inspired, you know. So that that would be. I mean, in terms of that nowadays, I don't get to go show ditch as much, but I don't know. I could be reading something that could be inspiring to me, or to, I mean, in terms of artists, I mean, like, I always say, like for example, you're just looking at one right now, Michael Craig Martin. Love his work, and really, when you strip it back, like for example, the icons are like black, black line. Mm. You know, like always. So, so there is that. There also is, in fact, sorry, it's now coming to me. Comics, for example, I've got a massive selection of comics. Have said that. You know, like comics do sort of inspire me. Mm. It's always for me. I'm not color blind, but. I do find it difficult to get the colour in there, so I'll start with black line and then build on top of that. But you saying that, them icons we were talking about, where they had pink lips. Yeah, yeah. That was perfect. That was yeah, just enough colour. It I mean, just works. Bowie had a blue flash down, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was much Bowie, so you, yeah. that's irrelevant. Yeah. But yeah, they all had pink lips, apart from one of them. Or was it all just uh, I had think the Queen's. Oh, uh, no, uh, Marlon Monroe, the second series, actually, she had turquoise lips. That's it. Yeah, yeah, she had turquoise lips. But again, actually, if you look at that, see that sort of poppy sort of um, colour palette does come again from, you know, like the block colours in a comic, mm. for example, would inspire me. 
But I'm also I'm getting inspired recently, right? I've started this new series of um, of helmets, uh, and initially I'm glad you put that in because I really didn't know how to right. Okay, well, that in. well the, do you know what? Like for, for there is that point where you go right, cool. I want to try and do something that I actually really like, mm. right? And I, I are you a biker yourself? No, no. I mean, I mean, I had a a, a small two fifteen, like you know, like. I'm I'm really into that sort of like culture wise, but I, I'm not a biker. But when I say I'm not a biker, I don't have one at the minute. Mm. I will get a bike. Um, the, the helmets you're talking about, they're so different from your work. I thought they were either a commission or you was asked to do them for a gallery or something. Yeah, well, like do that. you know what it was actually? I had a, I had a pop up gallery um, on Carnaby Street mm. for a month. It was kind of it was a very personal. So like it basically it was like bring along your work, but you're going to be working there for a month, and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to actually try and sort of like put this in with something that I've been wanting to do for ages, and it's called make me happy, as in make me happy. Yeah. So, I'd I'd taken out my sketchbook and and this one, old school sort of like easy rider helmet. It mm. always looks sort of like it just looks beautiful. It's a bit like you know like Michael Craig Martin. Right, that's what I saw. As so soon as I saw them, yeah. and as soon as I come in and saw that early, the very clean lines, you know, like the very very bold colours, and and just the the, the sort of like it, taking it away from the pencil, the very sketchy stuff that yeah. that I do. I like that. That's taking it back to graphics. You know, like when I was working on graphics, it was very clean. Had to be very blocky. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give that a go. And it's because I do a lot of stencils anyway. It was like quite a, a simple process. I did like five stencils. I started doing them live on Carnaby Street, actually on the street, and people loved them. Mm. So, so you look at that, right? So that like, I enjoyed doing that because I was, I was, uh, it was a sort of self gratifying. Is it called? Yeah, like, yeah. Sort of, like, I, I, it made me feel good. I enjoyed it. I've even put one up in my my uh, living room, which I'm putting up next week. I enjoyed it. But then I started thinking, my my missus actually has been going through a bit of a hard time at work, right? And and I thought, I can't obviously go to work wear, but what if I designed helmets to protect her? Yeah. And I've I've started doing this series of, like, love helmets. So certain ones have got, like, sayings up the side, like, rise above, uh, good vibes only. You know, like, and so I'm giving her little A5 postcards to take to work. To protect her. Oh, cool. So that, like that, that, I don't know if that will answer your question, but it's, I mean, it, it, it started off as a really graphical sort of like uh, a piece that I like, and it's gone into a whole vein of work actually mm. now, um, which is um, in the future you'll you'll see it. You'll see well, it. You, I was saying, where'd you go for your inspiration? And twice you've brought up your partner, wife. Yeah, yeah, my wife. wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, well, I mean, she, I, God, without getting too mushy she has definitely been the the biggest supporter of my work really i mean like if she, she could have i mean that's i've been there 16 years and through that whole time it's not like we'll, we've we've struggled mm-hmm. you know but but the, the the constant has always been persistence she's never once let me give up yeah when i've been sort of like when you get to that point, then there has been many points where I went, you know what, fuck it. Yeah. Just fuck this shit. Um, and she's went, no, why? And, what, and then also, what else are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not like, oh, fuck that, I've given up, I'm giving up on that. And then you see, you suddenly go, oh, no, you're right. You know, like, I, I, I'm, I'm in this for the long run. Yeah. 
But she, I, she inspires me. Obviously, but like, I mean, to have that persistence is fruitful. What I've realised, and and obviously with the social platforms like Facebook and Instagram, you can be your own boss. That mm. you, you can sit there and wait for a gallery to come along and take your work and sell it, or you can actually just fucking go. Do you know what? I'm going to sell this myself, yeah. and you can create your own your own customer. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like we were talking about. I don't, I don't mean to sort of detract again from, no, from yourself, but like we were saying about, you know, your your friend Heath. Yeah. That's exactly the approach he took. Yeah. You know, he's, he's sort of went... He's well, a, like, uh, Heath, and I, Heath and I met over a year ago now, but like we, we both, even although I've been sort of painting for like the best part of 20 years, we both share the same like thought or thread through our th- thoughts as you... You can make money, mm. you know. Like you, you don't have to be a poor artist. You can, that you can use it to your advantage within the sort of like the commercial. I mean, his background, I think, is in like marketing, PR. Yeah. Um, like even having that 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 graphic design skill of 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 working it so that you you understand you're going to have a marketplace to take something to. You know, like anyone who's listening to this, yeah, me and you talking now, yeah, and has listened to Heath, yeah. It's as if you two have grown up with each other. Do you know what? It's so weird. Like, honestly, I met him at a show, very briefly, and we, we chatted a little bit, and I, I'm talking half an hour chat, and then I told him a little bit about, like, it, the Ace Club thing. He got it. He's the first person, really, to go, I get it. Mm. And I was like, fucking hell, yes, man, this is cool. He gets it. I had, I had the idea, which he obviously had sort of, like, running parallel to me as well, having it, and I had it for about four or five years. So you both had a similar idea. It's yeah. just it was, the, the, the name of it, as if was the bridge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like Ace Club originally came from it was like artist collaboration exclusive, and that's where the Ace like was made up. Yeah. Um, and I think that what we had intended to do, and that's what we done with the first show, was was take it into a space where you're going to have a ready-made market. So straight away, you want people with money because mm. they, you know, you want to sell the stuff. I don't want to put up a beautiful show and then break it down at the end yeah. of the day and you're still left with a load of work. So it was intending to use both my knowledge and his knowledge and put it together and and see if we can help other artists as well because, uh, like, you know, every art, like, you're right, like, there's a lot of artists, but you can make a living from it. Yeah. You know, you really can if you put your mind to it and, and especially if you sort of key into the, the, the sort of commercial element. But you're right, in terms of like, Heath and I, our sec- after our second meeting, I definitely could say that I needed him because he sort of spun me on mm. and I'm sure he would say the same about me because it, it was almost like that idea was sitting in a box for about four or five years and I was thinking, shit, how the fuck do I, do I execute this? How do I get this? And within about two months of meeting them, we we'd done the first show, and I was like, "Here we go, this is great." Yeah. <laughs> and and sure enough, it's it's turning now into we've grown. The, the first show was eleven artists. This next show coming up in November is now twenty. Um, with so the first <clears> show <throat> was at it was the first show was at, like so so taking it into that that environment of it was the Union Club on uh, Greek Street, yeah. which is the members club. Obviously, you have members there with money. It, we're bringing it to them. 
um, and it only is on for two days. It was real luck as well because all artists involved in the first show came together. Every what we wanted to try and create is an environment where artists feel free to kind of like discuss things and and really, you know, like turn it into a, a, I don't know, like somewhere that people can share ideas and not feel because artists tend to be. I know it's a bit of a broad brush, but like they, like they tend to be stuck away in the studio or like a bit more. Like I want to create an environment where it's outward looking mm. and outward thinking, where you feel confident enough to share ideas, maybe, or like put people in touch with you. Like, oh yeah, I know a printer. I'll, yeah, I'll give you yeah. a number. And that that's a, that that's the way I like to look at life. Anyway, is like being open. So the so the the idea right is we all club together. We pay for the space which is pennies when it comes to it, really, in the, the grand scheme of things. So, obviously, the more artists you get, the less you're paying. But we don't want to make it too massive. I don't want it to be a monster. It wants yeah. to be selective. So, the, the idea, the concept is, we club together, we pay for the space, we're not a gallery, we don't want to take the money for originals. So, if the artist sells the original, they walk away with 100% of the money, which is great. You know, like I think it was seven or eight artists out of the 11 sold original work, so it's brilliant. Mm. Into the bargain, I'm using Publishing House at the minute, that's just kind of like the way I'm selling it in terms of we produce prints, keeping them at a very affordable price, like 100 quid, A3. In small editions? In very small editions. Like this time, like so the first edition was 10. This time with 20 artists, we're going to do 25. Probably, I think that would be like, the biggest we go. But the, like, but the, the whole my my idea was to take it to a market that um, I know this probably contradicts the fact that you're taking it to a, a um, to a members club. But the idea is to build up um, a big enough database that you can then go away from that space and take it to your own space, but mm-hmm. bring that database along with you. But the idea is to be able to offer a hundred pound print. That, um, that the artist hasn't just rocked up, signed it at the bottom and left. They've actually worked on top of it, so yeah. they, they actually hand finish it. So that, like, so to have that, and I think I don't, I don't believe, I'll need to check in with Heath, but like, I think most of the prints sold out. So that, like, I mean, that's the general, the idea of Ace Club. But then also, what we want to try and do is make it like not too London centric. So it'll be quarterly in London, but we want to try and take it in Manchester, Liverpool. Nice. We're also looking, you know, because it like, being for Glasgow as well, when I was a kid, there wasn't as much, you come to London and there's so much to see and do, yeah. but then it just gets like in that bubble. Whereas you want to take it in Manchester, there's, you know, like, there's people want to buy out there, believe it or not, and then yeah. Liverpool and then Glasgow. So that that's the idea in between that, the quarterly shows is to go up north and try and sort of like spread the word a bit. But also, at the same time, we're going to try and go to Europe. We've got Ace Club Berlin. Um, we're now in talks to do Ace Club Tokyo. And that will be basically keying in. So what we would do is then maybe take 10 artists from the Ace Club and there would be 10 artists from Tokyo there and we would combine it as a show. So what do you do? I don't think I'm prime here. But would you take a percentage of the prints? So this is what... So it's funny, actually, talking to a couple of artists who are new for this show, there is a tendency in an, like an artist to go, right, so you're telling me I take 100% of the money from the original? And you're going, yep. yeah. Well, what's the <laughs> Wait a fucking minute. <laughs> I want to do that. Wait a fucking minute. So you take 50% yeah, and like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 there, there you go. So, so there is that element of the, like... 
I don't trust this guy, yeah. you know, like, what, like, but you're like, no, that's it. Because we don't want to be a gallery, you know, like, I, I still sell my work through a gallery. So it's in no way, shape or form a, it's like a backlash against galleries. There's mm. nothing like that. What it is, is we want to try and create a hub, per se, for the, for the, for the website, for example, right? The way Heath is looking at, I mean, he's, he's the techie guy. So what we want to do is create a website that the artists, the selected artists, can go in the back end and upload their artwork so they can be in charge of what they're selling. Yeah. Um, also, at the same time, Ace Club, the edition prints, will be selling off that website as well. The big difference is as well, when the money comes in, it's not like it, when it goes into a gallery and maybe pay quarterly or pay monthly, it will come in split straight away. So you get your 50%. And also... I came into like having a conversation the other day there. So they're like, right, cool, you produce the prints and then we get 50%. So are you covering costs? We absorb the costs. So we, we create the print. And if it's £100 for a print, the artists get 50%, like 50 quid. It's as simple as that. It's very simple. Mm. But also, at the same time, with growing it as a, as a brand, per se, what we want to try and do is create partners where... We can connect. This is where, like, the, the one thing that would fulfil my, my the biggest dream would be for an artist to be able to be an artist and carry on and stay in the studio. There is certain bigger artists that have to do commercial work that mm. keeps them in the studio. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. So, what we want to try and do is maybe get a quarterly payment coming into these artists nice. as well through different commercial elements of mm. hooking them up with a different partner it could be anyone from like Vans or Puma doesn't have to be that big yeah, but yeah. essentially giving them a route into the commercial world and that's that will be off the back of Heath and I's sort of like experience yeah because um, I did talk to one artist and they said it was a a whole different feeling of doing well do you know that the one thing that I got from it right see and again, it was luck. It was just like, oh, the, the stars aligned. And certain people like Andrew Miller, Tim Furler, uh, Victoria Topping, Shuby, Jess Goldborn, like Scooney, Riker, they all came together. Mm. And David Bray. We all came together, right? And it was just fucking weird, man. It just happened and it just yeah. worked. Honestly, I cannot believe how well it worked. It just worked. Um, people at Shuby come up and stayed um, for two days and the way we run it right is the artists are there for the two days they help out they sell the prints you know they're dealing with with people through that the first day was nice we had a VIP day where people would be booking in to see the, the art for the first time you've obviously got their members coming in and we've got a working bar so instead of doing it, we're doing it sort of like backwards where we don't want to have an opening party yeah. and like shoot our loads on <clears> the first night, you know, like where everyone comes along to the opening party and the show, I mean, the show is only up for two days, but you know, it's like an almost a solo show. Maybe it's up for three weeks and the first night it's like jam packed and then everyone drinks a beer mm. and then that's it. It's fucking empty for the next two weeks. Yeah. But the way we want to run it is it's really pop up really quick. The first day is the sort of special guests. They come along and get first dibs on the originals. The second day is the party day because we're going to be breaking it down the next day. So that's when you're celebrating. We're selling the prints both days. But the big difference is as well, it's a working bar. We don't want to have, we don't want to have drink sponsorship. Yeah. Because we don't want everyone just coming along for a free beer. Yeah. 
you're going to come along if you want to hang around you're going to buy beer you know that's that's just the way we want to yeah. work it well this is this this will be coming out yeah on the 26th of November okay so this so basically the, the it's on the 28th and the 29th of November which is a Wednesday and a Thursday it's at the Candid Art Space oh, which is nice. yeah it's a brilliant space man it's, it, it, do you know what that space is amazing just purely off the back of I can't believe it's still there Mm. It feels like an office block should have yeah, been built there yeah, a long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah. So, and it's obviously right behind the Angel Tube, which is great. Um, you know, only a stone's throw away from Shoreditch, which is even better, mm. which is great. So, so it's going to be there. Sorry, so it opens at twelve noon on the twenty eighth. You can come, and uh, it will be open the whole day. The, the prints go on sale that day. There's twenty artists. We've got, you know, we've got some. Brilliant, brilliant artist. Obviously, on top of the original artist, like, I'm excited about that. So it's on the 28th, 29th. 28th, 29th. Um, there's 20 artists. There's 20 artists involved. Um, it will open it on the 28th at 12 noon. Um, that will run through, I think, until 8 p.m. that night. Um, you'll have a chance to buy all 20 artists. Have done editions of 25 each prints, um, exclusive to Ace Club, and they're hand finished. A three hundred pounds total bargain, um, and then the prints will be on sale during the day on the 29th and then the twenty ninth evening. We've got two live acts playing. Uh, we've got a singer. And I think we've got a poet um, coming along to do some live um, work there. And that again, I don't know if that's going to be paying. So I don't know how that's going to... The best thing to do at this stage is actually check our Instagram um, for how the details of that are going to work. So one of the questions is, you and five artists past and present, what would you be your perfect group show? But- oh, that's a beauty. Well, definitely, I mean, Michael Craig Martin, definitely. Andy Warhol, definitely. There's only five. As many as you like. Uh, Klaus Oldenburg, David Bray. I like something like Robert Crumb, you know, like again, comics. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love his stuff. Uh, I don't know if you'd call him an artist, but I would put him in there. I, I would have to be Peter Blake, man. Peter Blake yeah. for me is the god. I mean, well, I, met... I saw Peter Blake in Lennon, in your Lennon. Yes, well, that's uh, where the jacket. Well, did, you know how when he done his um, self portrait? Yeah, yes, exactly. I, I, actually, I was talking to Ben Oakley about this. I can't believe it's come to this point. And I've not mentioned him. He is a he's my like my hero, and I, I met him. Was it last year Art Carbut Car- Fair in Vauxhall? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was, I was there showing some stuff, and he was there, and I, I, he was really—you could tell—he's getting old. Yeah. Sadly, he was—he was shuffling in. But a couple of words with him, which was obviously made my my life complete, man. Yeah. It was brilliant because because again, looking—I should have mentioned that that pop art book, that that self portraits in yeah. there, yeah. and it just always lived with me yeah. because. The, the one thing I love about his work, right, especially his um, sort of Ian Dury and stuff like that, it's, it is, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a caricatureness to it, you know, it's not quite lifelike. Mm. There's, a, there's a kind of comical feel to it, and especially that, the, his um, self-portrait, denim jacket, he's got his um, plimsolls on, and he's, he's got loads of badges. When talking about the icons, taking the head off of one icon, Bowie, and yeah. putting it on another icon, yes. Jesus... That's what I saw with Lennon but you know and the, Mike. Yeah, the, and then when you didn't say it, I didn't... I figured, well, that 
no, it's just something I read. Do you, do you know, no, 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 no. You're right to read into it, but I think it was the, It was never. It was never intentional. But when I looked at it, I remember actually I was dropping a couple of prints off to Ben Oakley, and I said, I said, do you know what? As I was driving over here, I realised that yeah, there is the, the parallels with that that work and the John Lennon piece. Yeah, massive. And he, I mean, Peter Blake for me, right, um, uh, epitomises that like outward looking, outward thinking mentality mm. to like sharing ideas. You know, he was he, he's, yeah. he's renowned for you know like sharing his ideas and and encouraging young artists instead of being that sort of like nah fuck yeah. off. He's like nah, and you come, I'll share. I'm getting old, you know. Like, yeah. I want to pass on my my well, my, my knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even now, do you, but do you know the thing is, Gary? By the way, say that's mad, right? Because now, <laughs> now that I've forgotten about these things, like obviously there's a lot of things coming back to me. But when you talk about my um, sort of commercial work, I feel that that's I'm more confident behind that. But also at the same time, uh, I want to get people that aren't really into art. That understand that, and they're kind of drawn into exactly. They're drawn into it without actually knowing Mm. that they're being drawn into it, and they're like, "All right, cool, I get that, I understand it, I can relate to it." Because there is that that sort of stuffy white wall gallery. They don't even want to walk in there. You know, like I've got a great place on um, Carnaby Street that sells my work. It's called We Built This City, and it's basically. There on Carnaby Street, one of the busiest streets in probably, I would say, Europe yeah, or the world yeah, for yeah. that matter. And you get all sorts walking through that street. And I mainly, I mean, I've got like six or seven prints in there. And the one thing that that's been great for is is opening up people to my to my work. I'm talking like on a worldwide scale. Yeah. You know, like you're talking about, I'm getting emails from like South Africa, Argentina, people coming down there, not intentionally wanting to buy art, coming in, buying a piece, taking it home to Argentina and their friends are like, all right, good. And so that's just yeah. spreading the word yeah. because, you know, the, the more people get to see your work and your style, then you're, you're sort of understood. Mm. And, and what I would say actually on that point as well is street art, is amazing for the fact it has drawn a lot of people in. First of all, it's 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 brought the street art into the gallery and it's sort of broken down boundaries, mm. and it's also brought a lot of people into the to buying art that would never have probably no. bought art before. Yeah. So, in in some ways, only growing the art market massively. Mm. You know, like so that 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 for me is that like if if someone's drawn into looking at I don't know John Lennon like you say like with, with his denim jacket on just purely because they find one of the badges on it funny and the yeah. next minute they, they're, they're looking at it for like a bit of time and they understand it and they mm. get it and they see the actual the conceptual qualities but the, the funny qualities to it as well then yeah. that makes me happy yeah, you know I get, to get a smile from your work I think is nice um, last question okay if you weren't an artist what would you be Ooh. or what would you like to be what would I like to be footballer man Perfect. definitely and as I said earlier, that's that's exactly what I wanted to be, man. I wanted to be a footballer, training five days a week and getting paid a shed load yeah, of money. I mean, yeah. um, I was going to say anything coming up, but you've mentioned that. Yeah, we've got uh, Ace Club. Definitely is one to look out for. And where would people find you? Website, social media. So my website is rugmanart.com. Social media wise, um, Instagram is rugmanart. And also for Facebook is Rugman Art as well, I think. 
I think it's just Rugman. Check both. Um, and that's and it. Ice Club's website. Ice Club's website actually goes will be uh, it will be live by then. So that will be Ace, um, it's aceclub.art and that's where you'll find all information, all artists listed, and when the show is next. Excellent. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I bet that put a smile on your face, didn't it? And it just goes to show the impact a chance meeting can sometimes have. That little conversation that he had with Heath Kane when they first met created the Ace Club. Now, as Rugman said, Ace Club 2 is on the 28th and 29th at the Candid Arts Centre in Islington from 11am to 11pm. He didn't have the list of confirmed artists on him at the time. He didn't want to do it off the top of his head just in case he forgot anyone. But I've now got the list in front of me. And by this time, you're all probably well aware who's in Ace Club 2 anyway. But here we go. Oh, and I should add, the list I've got here is their Instagram names. So some may differ from their actual name. So here we go. It is Pure Evil, Sarah Pope, Wildcat Will Blanchard, Adam Bridgeland, Half a Roast Chicken, Cosmo Sarson, Real Hackney Dave, that's Dave Buonaguidi, Ian Walter, Emma Elliott, Alex Gallagher, Scooney, Andrew J. Miller, Shubby Art, David Bray and Riker, Pam Glue, Jess Albarn, Tim Fowler, Victoria Topping, Heath Kane and Rugman himself. And as I say, that's in just a couple of days' time. Tickets are required. You can contact by Ace Club on Instagram, as well as by Heath Kane and Rugman. Candid Arts Centre, Islington, EC1. I'll see you there. And if I can steal a bit of Rugman and Heath's thunder here, several people on this list are confirmed to be on the Mizzlegart podcast. That is Pure Evil, Sarah Pope, Will Blanchard, Dave Buonaguidi, recorded last week, David Bray, Riker, Jessica Albarn, and Victoria Topping. And of course, Heath Kane was episode 9, A and B. So as soon as you finish listening to this, go online and order your ticket. And talking of going online to order things, if you go over to any of the social medias and put in Mizog Art, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T, you'll see that we are selling Christmas tree toppers that are oozing attitude. They're made of barbed wire. The star itself is about 35 centimetres. They come in gold, silver, black, white and red. And of course, good old galvanised for a bit of rawness. They're only £30 each with free post and packaging. And the little tagline being, not everyone follows the brightest star. Now ain't that the truth. There is only a certain amount of each colour, so pre-order, and they'll be going out the first week of December. You can also hit me up over on social media if you want to ask me any questions. If you want to see the full lineup of confirmed artists, as ever, go over to www.mizogart.com. And whatever platform you do listen to this on, most of them are on iTunes. But if you're able to leave a comment, would you do so? 
because that obviously gives people who are browsing a bit more of an insight on what to expect. And that will be very much appreciated. So until next week, when I'm speaking to Karen Ashton from the Art Car Boot Fair, ta-da.